You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 171. You are the Oprah of your show. You are the Oprah of your business. Like Your highest ROI when you're starting off is you need revenue, right? So it's got to be sales calls. It's got to be referral partners. It's got to be marketing, right? So that time, there's only so much time in the day. So you have to be very, very, very careful where you spend your time. And what you're doing is it providing you the, heart, the highest ROI. Spending time doing data entry for QuickBooks, spending time doing your books on your own is not the biggest value of your time. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, Take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rinchler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator. And as always, I just want to thank you for joining us this week as we explore the different avenues and things that we need to consider in being professional coaches and for many of us in being business owners. You know, when we think about the different ways that we strengthen our coaching, some of that is how can we be more confident and competent as coaches? And in that, we will do many shows around skill development in how we partner with our clients really successfully to help them meet their goals. There's other shows that we have around how we want to market ourselves effectively and create our differentiator so that our ideal clients are drawn to us. Perhaps you're thinking about how do I set up my business foundationally so that I can accept clients confidently and get them scheduled and get their forms to them and accept payment from them. All those kinds of foundational issues are things that we address in different episodes. And then Today, what we're going to be looking at is how do we set up that foundation in a financial way? How do we build a business from a strength in financial funding? And how, for many of you, can you move from a W-2 employee to an entrepreneur in a confident, competent way in what are the different things that you need to be thinking about? And that's where our guest comes in. My guest today is Daniel Blue. He is the CEO of Quest Education, which is a company that helps entrepreneurs obtain capital for their companies, paying off high interest debt, using self-directed retirement accounts to invest in alternative assets. Now, Daniel has over 10 years of experience educating small business owners. And he has a knack for helping individuals get creative with their finances that can lead to real results in their businesses. He joins us today to talk about many of the different things we want to think about, whether you're just setting up your business or maybe 
exploring ways that you can use your business assets to continue to grow and bring new offerings to your clients. One of the things that Daniel and I will talk about in our interview is if you offer high-end programs to your clients and they want to creatively fund that or get funding for it through their assets, he will give us some clues on ways to do that, which are really intriguing and can help your clients reach their goals with assets that they already have. We explored lots of different things together today. I was so grateful to Daniel for bringing his expertise. Now, we start the interview with a very embarrassing fact from my past that I was a little surprised that I got right in there and shared. However, once you get past that, we get right into the interview. So let's go ahead and visit with Daniel Blue, founder and owner of Quest Education. Daniel Blue, I want to welcome you to the Star Coat Show. I am so grateful that you're spending time with us today. Hey, Meg. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Absolutely. You are bringing some awesome information to the show, something that is really kind of not my forte in that accounting was the one class, the only class in college that I begged and pleaded to just make it through and was doing a dance that I got a one point. My mom was like, seriously, you're excited you got a one point? I was like, I get credit. I thought I was going to fail. So, Mr. Finance, thank you for coming and, and helping us explore different things about becoming a business owner after maybe having spent years as an employee in corporate America. Many coaches are moving into coaching after having other careers. And I'm thrilled that you're coming to talk to us about different ways that we can be responsible business owners. So just like to begin, what are some things that you would like people to think about as they might either be transitioning from a corporate job into being an entrepreneur? Or maybe we've been a business owner for a little bit, but we don't quite have the traction of that yet. Yeah. So I think that the biggest thing that you are going to have to get used to is when you're working that nine to five job in, in the corporate world, you're used to getting paid as a W2 employee, right? Where taxes is taken from your payroll and you don't really have to worry about tax deductions. And then when you make that transition from the W2 corporate life to a 1099, the LLC, the sole proprietor, the, the entrepreneur life, then you really need to pay attention to your, your tax situation. There, there's an old saying, it's, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And that is ever so true when it comes to being an entrepreneur because I got a, a crash course when I was 20 years old and I went from W2 to 1099. I ended up making six figures and I had no taxes taken out out of my 1099 and I did not pay taxes quarterly or throughout that year and I did not know what I was doing. I didn't think about a CPA. I didn't think about having a business account, a personal account. So I ended up becoming 21, 22 years old and having you know, a $20,000, $30,000 tax bill to the IRS Ouch. that I was not expecting. Right. So first of all, that, that very thing, we're moving from 
that is an automatic deduction that's taken out. And yeah, you still have to file taxes at the end of the year. But pretty much if you have that lined up correctly on your income tax with your employer, you're going to be okay. As an entrepreneur, you've got to pay quarterly taxes. What are some things that you recommend that people think about when they are setting themselves up for success as an entrepreneur? So because of that, that lesson that I, I learned when I was 20 years old, 21, not paying taxes, getting a, a letter from the IRS. I mean, there's nothing worse than getting a piece of mail from the IRS, right? Yeah, I mean, we don't that get that stinks. mail and we're like, yay, let's open this up, right? You're like you maybe leave it on your, your table and, and you don't read it for a day or two. And finally you're like, all right, like, let me just see what's inside of this, this piece of mail, right? Usually it's not a good thing. So I learned my lesson going through all of that. And I took steps to make sure it didn't happen moving forward, but if I were to go back in time, here are some things I would have done. Number one, I would have made sure that I had a business bank account and a personal bank account and had a fine line drawn uh, distinguishing these two accounts because if you have an LLC or a sole proprietorship, you have some kind of entity structure set up. So when you hear the word entity, an entity is a LLC, it's a C corp, it's, it's an S corp, right? So you don't have to have an entity set up. You can operate as a sole proprietorship. You do get more tax benefits and protection when you are set up as an LLC or a C corp, for example, versus a sole proprietorship. But either way, you can still go down to Wells Fargo or Chase, whoever you bank with, and get a business bank account set up. And that's really important that you do because then you can have intent on how you're going about doing your, your finances. So for example, your business bank account should be only used for expenses that have to do with your business, right? If you're able to have your, your vehicle be a part of your business, right? So if you're filling up your gas or paying your cell phone bill, that probably should, that money should be taken from your business bank account, right? If you're going to the grocery store and you're buying something that has nothing to do with your business, then that's going to be your personal account. So I like to have my business account with a debit card and a credit card. So in that way, a business credit card is probably going to give me some kind of reward points. And I am using that as often as I can. And then my personal account, that, that's just going to be anything to do with personal expenses, your rent, your mortgage, you know, things of that nature. So I always recommend that people keep receipts for their business bank account as well because your, your accountant might ask for those receipts, mm -hmm. but it just makes your life so much easier when you do your taxes that year. You can just print off your statements from your business bank account. Just lo log on to your bank account online and print off you know, 2019 statements from your business account and those are all your business expenses. I didn't do any of that when I was 20 years old. Okay, makes sense. So when you are beginning your business, that's the great time to begin to separate those two things and to create, even if you are, I, w I was a sole proprietor the entire time I had my therapy practice, but it's still important to keep those things separate. It wasn't until I became an executive coach that I became an LLC. So that separation is still super important because I was in private practice. I had business expenses that whole time. What are some other things that might be hiccups or stumbling blocks that people need to think about when they're in a place of trying to get some traction as an entrepreneur? Well, I, I think when it comes down to 
being an entrepreneur, right? Cash flow and revenue is, is super important. When you first get started, you're going to have probably more expenses than, than revenue. So at some point in time, there's going to be some capital that you're going to need for your business for it to grow, for you to scale. And there's a couple ways to get capital for a business, right? You can go down to a bank, but a lot of times when you go to the bank to try to get a loan, you end up just walking out of the bank with a high, high interest rate credit card that they're pitching you because they're asking you questions like, okay, how long have you been in business for? How much is your revenue? Let's see a tax return. And a lot of the time when we are just getting started, we don't have those things. So that's why the bank is like, okay, here's a 15% credit card. Have a great day. Right? So are credit cards a way that you can start a business? Yes, right? It is a, a tool that I used years ago to start my business. Um, but notice how I use the word tool. It's just one tool in the tool belt. Another tool in your tool belt, another uh, solution to overcoming the challenge of needing more capital is, you know, maybe you left corporate and you have some kind of 401k or IRA retirement account. Well, most people are conditioned to think that that money is out of sight, out of mind. It is tied up somewhere. They can't touch that money until they're 60 years old and retired. That's to not true. I feel like there's a huge penalty that goes with that. Yes. And, and that is not true. Because you are a business owner, because you are a contractor, a freelancer, an entrepreneur, the IRS says, Hey, Bob, the business owner, because you have an LLC or a sole proprietorship, because you have intentions on, on having your business and you're an entrepreneur, you actually can set up a certain type of retirement account that will allow you to take money out of the account without paying penalties and taxes. So I'll give you an example. I have a client out in San Diego. And he worked for a turf company for about 20 years and he made good money. He enjoyed what he was doing, but he got to a point where he wanted to have his own business. He wanted to be able to work when he wanted to work, control his own paycheck, you know, have, have that freedom that a lot of us entrepreneurs want to have by starting a business. He needed about 50,000 to start his business and he ended up using money in his 401k took the money out without paying the penalties and used that 50,000 to start his new business. And he's rocking and rolling right now. He didn't have to go to the bank. He didn't have to use a credit card. He just used money inside of his retirement account with no penalties and taxes. Wow. And as long as he's successful, then he can pay that money back. The only problem would be is if for some reason that went belly up, but that's, I mean, you'd still have money you had to pay back if you got a loan at a high interest rate. So it's, it's better to use what you already have, I would think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really comes down to, to preferences. Some people have the mentality of, well, shoot, this money is in the stock market, betting and hoping that these stocks go up. Yeah. I'm praying that these companies stay in business that I really don't have control over. I'm essentially gambling on these companies. I'm betting on these other companies. I might as well just bet on myself. Yeah, that's you know, a great perspective. That, so. Yeah. Uh, that is so helpful. Now you talked about that when you have, when you choose to become an entity, you might have some different tax advantages that you wouldn't have as a sole proprietor. What might be some of those things for people to think about? Well, so the biggest one is the protection standpoint. So a sole proprietorship is still tied to your social security number. It's tied to you as an individual right? An LLC, you are going to have what's called an EIN number, employer identification number. So that is the LLCs, that is the businesses, essentially it's social security number. So there's a fine line that is drawn. There is Daniel Blue, 
the human being, right? His social security number. And then there is, you know, for example, Quest Education, Mm -hmm. LLC, EIN number, right? So there's a huge, huge advantage uh, from the protection standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, all all businesses inherently are going to have some kind of risk. So it's just really important to just draw that line, have clean, clean separation because a sole proprietorship is still tied to you as an individual. And the LLC still has some ties to you as an individual because, you know, Daniel Blue owns Quest Education, but there's just some layers of, of protection that come with that. So important. Also credit cards, right? Quest Education, my company can have credit cards attached to the business credit cards that do not show up on my credit report, or I can have business lines of credit. I can build business credit for my LLC versus as an individual personally, I can have credit cards, but all of that is reported on the the credit bureaus, on, on the credit score. So building business credit is super important as well. That's another advantage of having an LLC for an example. Um, you can start to establish business lines of credit. For me, I, I want to have different ways I can get capital in my business, right? Revenue that comes in, obviously a lot of that's going to be reinvested into my business. Mm-hmm. Lines of credit, credit cards, uh, using the bank's money is important to do, I believe, because the mm-hmm. banks, they use our money to make money every single day. That's called leverage. We can do the same thing, right? And then shoot, if, if, if I have money in a retirement account and I like the idea of using that, to start a business or invest in my business, then I have that tool as well. So me personally, I, I just like to have a lot of different tools in my tool belt that I can use. So good. Such good information. Now, before our interview, we were talking about something that I think is going to perk up a lot of people's ears. If you happen to be a coach who offers high-end tickets, items for your clients. You offer coaching programs that are 10, 20, 30. Well, I know some of you offer $100,000 programs. Daniel and I were talking about some ways that he can help your clients leverage how they could afford that for you. So, So Daniel, this is something that Quest Education does and was really intriguing. Tell us a little bit about, you've got a client who really wants to work with you, but they're just not sure how to afford that high-end product. What would you recommend? Yeah, so to your example, that client is, is wanting to invest $20,000 into themselves, you know, into a coaching program, and, and maybe cash flow is tight, so there's no, you know, availability for that $20,000 from, from their bank account. Maybe they don't have enough room on their credit cards for that $20,000 investment, but, you know, maybe that, that person has money in a, in a retirement account. You know, let's just say money in a 401k or, or an IRA. Well, what could happen is in the point I was making earlier is the IRS allows entrepreneurs to set up retirement accounts that are only for business owners. And there's this really unique retirement account that is IRS approved that's called a solo 401k. And a solo 401k is the retirement account that allows you to take money out with no penalties and no taxes. So let's just say Bob is the one that wants to invest $20,000 into this coaching program and he doesn't have the cash or the credit that's available, but he has this money, let's just say $50,000 in this retirement account that he cannot touch without paying penalties and taxes. 
what Bob can do with our help is convert that 50,000 into the, the solo 401k. And then once the 50,000 is in the solo 401k, then Bob can take the $20,000 out, no penalties, no taxes, and then give that money for, towards the coaching program. Okay, so that, if I'm following you, only works if our client happens to be an entrepreneur as well. Or is going to start a business. Like if they're at the stage where it's like, okay, I got all my ducks in a row. I am ready to get this thing going. I just need the capital. Like if I get the capital today, I'm a business owner that afternoon, right? I'm a business owner that day. So if they're at that point where they are going to have the intentions on starting a business, then Mm -hmm. then yes, they, they can move forward with it. Okay, so that's good to know because many times the the clients that work with us are business owners or wanting to begin some some line of business for themselves. It just wouldn't be necessarily if you were doing executive coaching with somebody in corporate America, which usually those are covered by their corporation anyway. So this would be if somebody's investing in themselves, particularly in a business vein. Yes, yes. The solo 401k, again, is that IRS approved plan that allows people to take money out, no penalties, no taxes. And the solo 401k is is for people that are freelancers, consultants. They get some kind of 1099 income. They have an LLC. They're going to start a sole proprietorship. I mean, they just have some kind of side hustle, some kind of action going in, in, in their business world. They don't have to be, you know, having a setup, office setup and employees and making money, right? Not all business owners are, are at that level. Excellent. So what are some of the um, kinds of resources that are out there for business owners that maybe we haven't thought about? So for example, I do want you to talk about what Quest Education does, but Let's talk about, for example, how important is it to have a bookkeeper? How important is it to have a, a particular kind of accountant? Or you know, talk a little bit about where we might want to be tapped into additional resources. Yeah, so and, and I'm in the same boat that a lot of other people are when it comes to running a business, right? Doing marketing, doing sales calls, dealing with my employees or just scaling my business, that's a lot more exciting than looking at a P&L, right? That, that's a lot more exciting than, than being in, in, in QuickBooks, right? So for me, I've, I've kind of learned the, the hard way where I used to run my business and I had no idea what my revenue or my expenses looked like, you know, a week or two out. You know, I was just living day by day. And, and when you are not projecting your, your for, you're not forecasting your finances, then you're not able to make some really, you're not able to make good decisions all the time. So I highly recommend that people outsource their, their QuickBooks, right? There is just a lot of value that comes in when you have a third party come in and, you know, do your QuickBooks and they just give you that, that P&L, right? So, so for me, I get the P&L on a weekly basis, monthly basis, and I can just review what's coming in, what's going out, where am I spending money, where is my revenue coming in, and then I can start making some tweaks along the way. So do not try to do this on your own. Like You are the Oprah of your show. You are the Oprah of your business. Like your highest ROI when you're starting off is you need revenue, right? So it's got to be sales calls. It's got to be referral partners. It's got to be marketing, right? So that time, there's only so much time in the day. So you have to be very, very, very careful where you spend your time. And what you're doing is it providing you the heart, 
the highest ROI. Spending time doing data entry for QuickBooks, spending time doing your books on your own is not the biggest value of your time. Outsource it. It's not even that expensive. Like it's, there's so many companies out there and a lot of different competitors that are competing mm -hmm. for small business owners. It's not as expensive as a lot of people think. So definitely outsource that. Excellent. Any tips about the kind of CPA that a small business owner might need? So I like to, number one, if you haven't read this book already, read Profit First. Profit, Profit First. First. Is Profit okay. First. It's a really, really good book that just talks about managing your finances as a business owner. I wish I would have read this book a lot uh, earlier in my career, but it's a really, really good book from someone that's experienced in business and just how to manage your accounts and, and just look at you know, your, your company's finances and, and some strategies there. I would avoid companies like H&R Block, like TurboTax, right? I mean, the, these cookie cutter, that's who did your taxes when you had a W-2 job, right? Mm -hmm. Like leave those people behind because all they do is just take your, your, your tax form, your wages from your employer, and they just enter it in a system. And then it's so cookie cutter. Like there's, you're a business owner now, now that you're a business owner, you have so many deductions that you can write off. So you, you want to work with someone that is familiar with entrepreneurs that is familiar with business owners. We use a, a company, they are called Easier Accounting. They're out in Utah. They work with clients in all 50 states. If it's not Easier Accounting, work with a company like Easier Accounting, where they specifically work with entrepreneurs. They work with people in the online world, e-commerce, consultants. And you want to have a model like that. So I would be wary of working with a big company like mm -hmm. TurboTax. Right. And you I want somebody worried. who has that creative, they know all the different things that are available and you're not just another number to them. Exactly. So that person that's done your parents or your aunt's taxes for 30 years, he probably isn't for you, right? Because the tax code has changed a lot with the new president and, and some of the new laws and regulations, like the tax code has really, really changed. So me personally, I, I like to work with the group that is on the up and up. I like the fact that they're entrepreneurs themselves, so they're in the same boat mm -hmm. and you know, things of that nature. Perfect. Now, tell us a little bit about what Quest Education does. Yeah, so we've got about a thousand clients that, that we work with where they had a 401k, they had an IRA, they came from corporate, and they want to be able to access the money without paying penalties and taxes. So you know, maybe there's somebody that needs funding for their business. They need some capital. Or, you know, maybe they have, you know, 10 or $20,000 in credit card debt and, and they're losing 20% interest, right? The idea of taking money, accessing money from their retirement account without paying penalties and taxes, it, it really interests them. So they can use that money to invest in their business or they can use that money to pay off high interest rate debt. Or maybe they want to use these retirement accounts that they have set up to flip property, to purchase real estate. So the two problems that we solve for entrepreneurs is they always complain that they can't access money in their retirement accounts without paying penalties and taxes. We solve that. And then they always complain that their retirement accounts are so limited. They can only invest into these high fee mutual funds or these stocks 
Well, the accounts that we set up, and I, I mentioned the solo 401k, that's one mm-hmm. type of account that we help folks with. It allows you to take money out, no penalties, no taxes, and then you can invest the money wherever you want. If you want to invest it into real estate or crypto or cannabis or you know your buddy's solar company, I mean, you mm-hmm. have full control over, over the money where you're not at the mercy of your financial advisor or the IRS. Wow, such good information. Daniel, as we think about becoming responsible entrepreneurs and the different kinds of financial hiccups that can happen, anything that I left on the table that you want to be able to explore with us today? You know, I really feel like there's, there's two types of business owners. There's the business owner that, you know, does not have employees and, and you are the Oprah of your show, of your business, and it's all on you. I would recommend what are some things in, in your, your life, in your business world that you can delegate or outsource, right? Your time should be spent on the highest producing activities, right? So us as business owners, we want control over everything. We want to just do it ourselves. Forget it. I'll just do it myself. And, yeah. and if you yeah. keep, yeah, I mean, I do the same thing too. But if, if you stay that way, it's going to be hard to grow. It's going to be hard to scale. So, you know, what can you outsource? What can you delegate? And then if, if you've got employees, it's culture, 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 culture. You know, how can you get your employees to buy in? How can you explain the vision of the company better? How can you develop your leaders more? How can you empower your team more? So really, when when it comes down to whether you have employees or you don't have employees, just delegation is just so, so important. And it's just really hard for for us to do because, you know, we're, we're control freaks, right? That's why we're bad employees. Like We didn't want to work for someone. So here we are. Such good information. Daniel, I really appreciate you coming, you sharing your expertise. I know the audience is going to appreciate it as well. You have a great day. Thank you, Meg. So there you go. Some more information to help you consider how you're showing up as a business owner and potentially get resources that would be helpful for you to be that much stronger in the business that you're building. I want to thank Daniel Blue again for joining us. And if you'd like more information about Quest Education, the links are going to be in our show notes for episode 171. Now, you're going to want to come back next week as we are joined by Kevin Costella as he gives us things to think about in leveraging our business and creating an element of our business online to increase income, increase reach. It's a great interview. I'm looking forward to introducing you to Kevin next week. If you are enjoying the show, I would so appreciate a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Every rate and review that we get increases our visibility. And I got to tell you, my goal for 2020 is to have the Star Coach Show be seen and known by coaches everywhere so that it is a resource that is bringing value to the entire coaching communities. You can help me out by sharing the show and by giving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. So thank you in advance for that. And until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Come on back next week and we'll see you. Bye-bye.